Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, way different jobs, different lives, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, I am P.S. McKay, and there's a land war in Eurasia right now. That's it. It's a winter on fire. That's I'm it. I'm D.T. Cabinet, and you fool. You followed, you fell for one of the two classic blunders. The first of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia. Uh, the second, and only slightly less well-known, is never match wits with a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Grand Nagus Zek. I'm so that. glad you got what I was going for here. Wow. Even though, tragically, we seriously have a land war in Eurasia. That doesn't involve us technically, but goddamn. Technically, it doesn't. It technically, hell, it doesn't involve us at all. We <laughs> look, you know, when you got uh, a, a really a, a former KGB operative running a large hostile nation, a nation that's in decline, by the way. Let's be. Their population is is falling. They're they're half the population once they were. Their 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 economy is less than that of Florida. Well, you know, desperate times will call for desperate measures. These guys have picked a fight with a lot of their neighbors that used to be part of the Soviet Union. I mean, face it, Putin is trying to. Uh, Recreate the Soviet Union? No, that's what I've heard. I've I've heard it. I heard it. I heard that sentiment. I think five years ago, none other oh. with an interview with Yakov Smirnov. You mean a guy who left Soviet Russia because it sucked <laughs> balls? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but he had some really interesting insights. As to what Putin was doing, and the main thing that stuck with me was it sound he's like I honestly feel like he's trying to recreate the Soviet Union before he dies, and he can't die soon enough. Uh, amen to that. But I guess I guess the question is I know that Ukraine is rich in resources and stuff, and they're a good Ukraine whipping is boy. Extremely rich in resources, it's right? Red basket. It has yep. a huge land mass, huge population. It has uranium mines. That's what it's for. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, there's oil and stuff, too. There's a lot of wheat. And, you know, it's a lot farther south. the third south. largest producer of wheat in the world. Yeah. People don't realize it's like the second largest landmass in, in, in technically in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Does Russia count for that? Because they span yes. two continents. But all right, so Ukraine, Russia, then Ukraine. Yeah, essentially, Ukraine was one of the largest chunks that broke off of the Soviet Union. Obviously, this the Russians are invading Ukraine from Belarus, which right at one point had, I think it had become its own country. But who the hell knows anymore? I mean, they well, took, they took the Crimea back a few years ago, and we. There with our thumbs up our ass. That being said, I guess a lot of the Crimeans, there was a larger sentiment of uh, 
going back to Russia. Yes, but yeah, the rest of no. Ukraine, most of the rest of Ukraine is like, uh, fuck you, dude. We don't well, want you. Especially to the the west of that river that 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 bisects the country, you know, um, the side that Kiev is on, or ev- everyone's now saying Kiev. Like, <laughs> I, I've grown up with it being Kiev, and I guess it's Kiev. We're probably uh, wrong. But <laughs> but remember when we were a kid, people were still calling it Bombay instead mm, of Mumbai. That's true. You're you're not wrong there. Um, we're so white and western. <laughs> again, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> but then again, is that a crime? Like, <laughs> it's not a crime to be it. It is right. Not cool to not try to at least learn it, how to pronounce things properly. It's it's cruel to to enforce your ignorance. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I've strived really hard to to branch out, you know. But uh, I don't know what it is about this situation, man. And you're, you've got a tactical mind. You've literally been on front lines. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing these orders from uh, President Zelensky ordering all all males between the ages of 16 or 18 up to 60 to that they they can't leave the country, and report report for your weapon. Like, and you're seeing Ukrainians hiding in the 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 subways. I mean, this is modern times. You're seeing them with cell phones in their hands, like texting away. And families like getting on their buses, like saying goodbye to their fathers, and it just—I don't know why it's hitting me so hard, but it just—it that was eighty years ago, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I understand. There's a huge naivete there, right? Look, huge man, naivete. William T. Sherman said it best: "War is hell." And it oh, is. absolutely. It sucks balls, okay? And what these guys are going through, the Ukrainians, it's they're going through something that I can't, I have no experience with, okay? The, the Soviet hordes that we were preparing from, from like the 19, the late 40s all the way up until the late 90s, yeah, a lot of the doctrine I was training on still considered fighting a a Soviet threat because in the late 90s we didn't really have a real threat, so we just well we've been Looked doing this playbook. We've been doing this for a while, so we're going to continue <laughs> to do this until something changes. Oh, and something changed. <laughs> something changed in a big well, way. We went into Desert Storm, and that's the anniversary of that is today. Oh, is it? Really? I didn't realize it. February? I thought it was January. That's when we started uh, the air war. The air war started. Where we just okay. dropped the bombs on these, uh, you know, we we blasted holes in Iraqi defense installations and, you know, from in Kuwait, Co- in Kuwait and in Iraq. Yeah. We bombed, we bombed Scud missile launch sites in Iraq, right? We bombed Scud missile launch sites just about anywhere. 
Well, yes, but I mean, the only the only infraction we made upon Iraqi boundaries was incursion. Well, okay, the you're right. That's a better word. The only incursion we made within their boundaries was shooting down their launch sites. Uh, yes, we blew except up for George Clooney site. going into Iraq and trying to steal a bullion of gold. No, there were special ops. <laughs> no. There were special I know there were. into not only Kuwait, but even into Iraq as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. Disrupting their lines of communication. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Jesus, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it just feels like, no, I already said it, and I'm going to sound like a, re- a record, you know, but I mean, you saw paratroopers. Landing in, you saw paratroopers dropping from helicopters over a European nation. This is all, you know, and this is all for a country that chose to reject Russia's influence and move towards the West. Did you ever, and it all, I mean, I wouldn't say it all started in 2013 when that president, whatever his ass, was thrown out by the Ukrainian uh, public. Um, rejecting uh the the trade partnership with russia but and that guy fled to russia by the way stealing 50 billion dollars or something like that but he also but you know that was the there that was the source of the winter on fire the documentary uh where i got where i was in that that term i was inspired for my my opening like there's a netflix documentary about the winter on called winter on fire about the 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 resistance to Russian influence and and Ukraine fighting to to move towards the West. Well, you know? I mean, they've been. I mean, uh, uh, Ukraine. I think there was, you know, a lot of the Soviet republics when they broke away from the Soviet Union, there was a lot of nukes lying around in some of these places. Oh and yeah. I think Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons at one point. They had five thousand. And the NATO told them to give them up in 1994. Well, I think it was part of a trade partnership. Yeah, but it was also part of this deal like Russia won't start shit. And of course, I mean, we didn't know what the Ukrainians were going to do then. I mean, really, I mean, I I, I don't think so. I was I was in middle school. So I wasn't exactly <laughs> deep into geopolitics, but in hindsight is twenty twenty. But of course, and you're right. Uh, and plus, Russia was just a shadow of what it once was. Boris Yeltsin was the president. Uh, you know, there's rumors of him running out on Pennsylvania Avenue late at night in his underwear, drunk off his ass. Oh, he was a straight up alcoholic. <laughs> Be being chased down by the the president's secret service. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, look, we just have to face it, man. This is a very bad situation. Okay, the uh, the United Nations, NATO, most Western countries have condemned the actions. What do you do, Basil? What does it all mean? They're going to file more sanctions. They're going to ramp up our forces that are training in Eastern Europe. Yes, we can. We've been rotating people into Eastern Europe for the last few years. 
the Germans didn't really want us there anymore. You know who did? The Poles, the Romanians, the oh, Hungarians, yeah. all, all these people who still want fucking Russia knocking on their door. Right. Eastern Europe has been begging for a U.S. military base for years. <laughs> like the, well, they're the, members of NATO now. Most I mean, of them they can are, get them. Yeah. Do they have American bases? Part of no. I mean, we haven't built like a permanent American base, but we do like rotate through and share some space and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, I think one part of the reasons why we haven't built something that close is to try not to provoke things. Make well, that's matters. all fucking done now. I mean... The problem is if everybody and their mother gets into a shooting war in Russia, that sucker's going to launch a nuke, and then it's bad news for everybody. I know, but what at what point... I mean, you... You, <laughs> you pull back, and you say they won't, they won't come. They come, and you pull back some more, and they keep coming. I mean, to quote don't, Picard, don't, it's got to stop here. Jean-Luc Picard it, it's got to stop at some point, right? It it's got to stop. stop. But what we really need is more than just words. Like, like the entire United Nations needs to, like, pledge troops, you know, to the border. Well, the United Nations is a corrupt piece of... I mean, literally, the the Russian delegate who's sitting as president was the one that was uh, mediating the Ukrainian delegate for saying Russia should be censured. I, I mean, how terrible is that? Oh, it's awful. The Russians are, are the Russians. That's what it boils down to, man. I mean, the UN doesn't have a ton of power. Never did. Nor should it. Nor should it. Well, I mean... So long, so long way away from a United Earth government that would be required for us to join the Federation. The entire idea of a United Earth government, and I came up with an idea for another for a show. Um, thinking about this, by the way, but the entire idea of a United Earth government scares the living shit out of me because the vast majority of this world does not share our values which are the most progressive, which are the most inclusive, which are the most uh, uh, liberating. Yeah, but they love our TV, movies, music, and fast food. Uh, I, believe me, I know. The best way to get, the the best way to get people on our side is through people. culture. Mm, I know. And we're doing that, you know, it's, but look at this. It's been 80 years since World War II. And suddenly, suddenly you, the United States is losing its sphere of influence, not only in Eastern Europe, not only in the Middle East, which was terrible, but, but also in Southeast Asia. Dude, we, we've had waning uh, influence in some of those areas for a long time. I actually think we might be gaining influence in Eastern Europe because we're rotating combat troops and units through there. I mean, all right, that's a fair point. We're doing that's... joint exercises with the East, with a lot of Eastern European countries. Right. Yeah. 
be nice if the Germans got back on board. I mean, I know they said, fuck you on the pipeline to the Russians. <laughs> it, only is... took, it only took a, a, land, a, a land invasion to, for them to stop it. Look, we defanged the Germans so bad after World War II that they're not the same Germans anymore, man. No, it was only until like 10 years ago before they actually started being prideful, having a national pride again. Yeah, but they've wanted us out of there for like 30 years, so probably longer. I mean, how would you like it if they somebody had a huge foreign military presence on our on our shores, right? Right, but I you know it. what? They haven't earned it. In fact, they've become too prosperous since World War II. Mm, yeah, well, maybe they should <laughs> maybe they should crank up that war machine and point it east. Well, they quietly they quietly bought the entire continent of Western Europe. So, well, as long as they're on our side. I know. I know. The French are too wishy-washy. You, the French have the largest uh, largest standing army in all of Europe, Western Europe. Did you know that? They they've had that for like three hundred years. I uh, I didn't realize that the French were so. I, and this word's not correct, but militaristic in in the sense that they just had such a, a traditionally a large standing army. And when you look back at World War One, the French bore. The worst, the worst of it That's on the Western when Front. You fight in your backyard. Oh my God! Like I'm, but you gotta. Uh, oh Jesus! I don't know how many of their casualties they lost. I know Britain lost six hundred thousand, but millions, I mean, dude. I, I don't. I don't know how many casualties the French Army or the French Armed Services had. It could have been millions. Very easily could have been the millions because the first battle cost two hundred thousand German lives alone, the first day. Yeah, whole generals had nervous breakdowns after that moment. And yep, that's what happens when the technology outstretches the tactics. Yeah, no, the offensive tech. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. I don't know. This is me. This is me quietly having a panic attack. I got it. <laughs> so I'm glad I can yeah. vent to all and everyone. And you're here to you're here to calm it down. But I don't know. Well, I just I just feel like I feel like the Western world is on its heels right now. Of course, it's on its heels. We've been letting Putin get away with shit too long. Excuse Feeling me. a lot of people get away I, with shit too. Long. I, I miss I mispronounced his name. Poopin has been getting Poopin. away with too much shit too long. <laughs> how, how, how elementary school? <laughs> it might be, but the man the man fucking stole Bob Kraft's Super Bowl ring. He did right in front of him. Just like looked at this, I like this, and then puts it in his pocket and walks off. I like this. Just, thank Just, you, Jew. Thank you. <laughs> Is Kraft Jewish? Hugely. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, well, no wonder Russians, he's decided the, to steal it from him. Jesus. The Russians are not particularly well known for their love of the Jewish people either. No. 
No, and I love how I love how Putin is saying that he's embarking on the denazification of Ukraine right now when yeah. their president is Jewish. Their president was also a former comedian. Yeah, I know, right? Think about that for a second. Jesus Christ. That the the Russians are at the door. <laughs> oh. They didn't go through Belgium. They went through Belarus. No, the Germans go through Belgium. <laughs> I know. That was the callback, though. Uh. <laughs> that was such a great, great line from Robin Williams. Can you repeat it? Just because I'd love to. I'll never do it justice. I, you, you, you do it well. Well, he's talking about the World Cup. and He's like, you know, <laughs> the Germans beat the French, which was great. He goes, the Germans beat the French, but they always have to go through Belgium first. <laughs> which is brilliant. It's so I mean, good. If, if, you're a, if you're a history guy, I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Because it, it's true. The Germans always it's... beat the French, but they have to go through Belgium first. <laughs> exactly. They, they, didn't, they didn't plunge through the Maginot Line in World War Two. Mm-hmm. They, no. they went through... Poland and the Low Countries, Holland and uh, or the Netherlands and and Belgium, and then <laughs> you know right through the end where the Maginot Line didn't connect to the sea because the Belgians were like, uh, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good, so good. Oh well, all right, uh, you know. Enough of real-world problems. Let's get to our erudite topics here. Try to get away from everything. What do you think? I think it's great. And do you mind if I uh, jump on this intro, please? Oh, absolutely. I don't mind at all. This is technically, I believe, our first truly suggested topic. I think so. Yes. As we have discussed before, my... Darling Bride is not hugely into sci-fi. Her wheelhouse kind of sticks around things like Futurama, Spaceballs, and I did get into get her into the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. And that she, was that was a tactical masterpiece right there. And she she also enjoys Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hmm. Ambivalent, but that's cool. Well, she enjoys. I like that. She enjoys British humor, and that is rife with British humor. <laughs> oh, so rife! Like, damn it, how am I going to look at my digital watch? <laughs> so long, and thanks for all the fish. I couldn't get into it, and I like British humor. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a different kind of read, that's for sure. Yeah, I tried. I I just couldn't. But getting back to the topic of this week, we are going to be discussing food in science fiction because whether you're in the galaxy far far away or aboard a gleaming starship or something there's always some sort of weird alien food or weird processed food or or something that pops up in these major franchises so i think today and of course on behalf of mrs cavman who suggested this i thank her very much this is definitely a fun topic to go to get into. Uh, and I appreciate you, Mac, for uh, 
decided <laughs> that this was a, a fun topic to to touch base on. I've got ideas. I mean, I I, I will like an, I, I'll like a topic if I have ideas with it. So <laughs> agreed. Now, what I'd like us to do, if we can, is Star Trek and Star Wars. They're huge franchises. Let's save them towards the end because they have like the second half. Because there's a lot of stuff that comes with them. Okay. I definitely have a few things from some other franchises. Me too. Which come up, which are funny. Which, or interesting, and in some of these franchises, gross. I'm a little worried that I'm a little worried that you and I might be overlapping in the non-Star Trek Star Wars stuff. Actually, I have nothing in Star Wars because it, the way Star Wars is, it overlaps with Star Trek in the style. Well, we'll we'll get there. All right. So why don't you lead off with uh, something that you want to throw out there? Okay. All right, I'm going to start with. <laughs> Kept mock blood ticks. Hmm. What franchise is this from? Galaxy Quest. Oh. Okay. Alan Rickman's character ate. <laughs> Kept mock blood ticks. <laughs> I rewatched the scene and it's jumping around in his spoon. <laughs> And then jumps into the bowl and he just like he just drops the spoon. He's like, (laughs) like, how could they even create life like that? Like they 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 use the the historical text to remake their food of each homeworld to the best of their abilities. And they're able to create life. Well. (laughs) look we know the whole thing is a parody and a spoof it's absolutely hysterical like when the engine breaks and they have to get to it and they're like why did you recreate this because it was in the show and it's like yeah (laughs) Yeah. well screw that (laughs) which she didn't say that word she said something else i know it's (laughs) that's one of the best Redubs in, in movie history. That one was not one that, that waited for TV. If you watched it for the first time on TV, you're like, "Oh, she dropped the f bomb." Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So the the kept I couldn't even I couldn't even understand what he was saying when the video was playing. I had to look it up and wiki it and see it written out. Kept mock blood ticks. I didn't even know it was a blood tick. They didn't look like they looked like little octopi. With, well, with huge eyes. They sound like something that a Klingon or a Ferengi would eat. Something like that. From a race that seems more like a Vulcan in the Galaxy Quest realm. Right. Like a warrior Vulcan, if you will. Eh, basically Legolas from uh, Picard. Elnor? The Elnor. Legolas, okay. <laughs> Or Elrond. I mean, it was so close to Elrond. I mean, come on. It re- yeah, so, they really it really had he really kind of took on this Lord of the Rings kind of look. There was just no other way to compare it. So that that okay. So that that was one of my jokish ones. Okay. So that, that but, but one. true nonetheless, right? <laughs> it's not the oh, Delorean. Yeah. It's not the Delorean. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. This one's 
This one's a, a super joke because it's just funny. <laughs> From Spaceballs. Uh-huh. Pizza the Hut. God damn it. He ate I didn't know you could death. do living people like that. Living but, characters. But he ate himself Son of a bitch. He ate himself to death. Yes. Son Remember, of a bitch. Tell him, Vinny, or else pizza's <laughs> gonna send out for you. And he's like rubbing his face down. He's like, ah. And he's like taking off pepperoni. He's like, you're delicious. Oh, it's so gross. Oh, it God. Don DeLuise. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was so damn funny, man. Yeah, it was. It was. And and I've actually been to the yeah. original Pizza Hut restaurant. Really? Where? It's in Kansas, of all places. Kansas, crazy stuff comes out of Kansas. No, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of <laughs> ha ha. But that was one suggested by my darling bride. She's like. Does Pizza the Hut count? I'm like, yes, it does it now. Counts. It does. <laughs> but going along with Spaceballs, I'll forget. allow it. By the way, what would you like? The special or the soup? I'll go with the special. <laughs> Can't switch it to the soup. What did he have? He had the special. <laughs> <laughs> when they've got what was it? John Hurt. And he's yeah. having the heart. Yeah, he goes then, not again. And this alien pops out of his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I had not seen Alien at that point as a young child, so I didn't know what it was referencing. I knew so. it. I'd seen Star Wars, so I knew this was a joke on Star Wars, and of course, I got the Star Trek references. But I figured, <laughs> oh well, this must be from somewhere else. Yeah. And then it goes, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Which is a great Looney Tunes bit. <laughs> yeah, well, I knew that one. I knew that was, hey, that's oh, what the, that's the, the, frog. the frog sings. <laughs> so there was Spaceballs. Oh, and one other thing from Spaceballs. The cans of Perrier. Oh, my God. The Perrier. Technically not a food, but yeah. <laughs> Perrier. Oh, I, I forgot about that. All bizarre, ridiculous, food-type items. (laughs) Your turn, my friend. Okay. um, Huh. All right. So I came across this one. All right, I got to bring this up because I'm going to bring this up, but I have another one. Um, Soylent Green has to come up, right? Yeah, that's, that's legitimate. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. Have you? No, I've seen clips of it. I've seen clips of it too. Charlton has the Soylent Green is people. Yeah. (laughs) You damn dirty apes. Yeah. I I don't, I mean, it's one of those movies where I know it is a cornerstone in the 70s sci fi. Yeah. Was it a book? It was a book. Yes. And it's one of those things where I'll probably enjoy the book more than the movie because I hate movies from the 70s that weren't highly well produced. And for some reason, most movies in the 70s are never highly well produced because it was a, a, a problem of their. It's a problem of the postmodernism zeitgeist. I think in Hollywood. I think you're taking it too hard, man, on that one, but. So no, I mean, that, right. that, that, that was a good choice. That was a good choice. 
All you know, right. future, Futurama kind of played that up. He's like, I'd like some Soylent Cola. Some. Yeah, yeah, they did. On numerous right. times. It was it was fine. <laughs> um, Which, but here's something that you can answer for me, because this is my real this is my real thing. Soylent Green, I thought was a good one. Okay, well, you go next then. I don't know. You keep going. You're on a roll. Spoo. Spoo, that was great. <laughs> I just discovered this tonight, researching different delicacies from different sci-fi franchises. I had never heard of Spoo from it Babylon a... 5. Oh, the Centauri go nuts for it. Really? Like, other yeah. alien species do, too. It's not just the Centauri I read. Yeah, it it became like a, I guess, a cheaper meat alternative or something. <laughs> What, what what was it? Worms, basically, or I don't think they ever said. Okay, I think, I think they just used the term "spoo" because it was funny, and it became. I think it was just a running gag. It became bigger than it was. Like when Londo pissed off the techno mage, and he's like, "Yes," and he he somehow I became owners of like fifty shares of a spoo ranch outside. <laughs> the capital or something like that it's like there's different references of it there's like uh you know i i, I remember a guy eat, i i remember a guy eating a spoo sandwich at one point so oh god <laughs> okay which okay I, i'm on a roll this doesn't count but the burgers from demolition man this is a rat burger. The rat burger. <laughs> We're the cows. <laughs> and, don't, and don't forget, they went out to find dining at Taco Bell. That's right. <laughs> she goes, where are the, where are the cows? Oh. She goes, John Spartan, do you see any cows down here? He's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just continues to eat it. <laughs> yeah. He let, this was when they let Dennis Leary go off on one of his. Like uh, meat eater rants from like his early stand up days. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even. That just came to mind. That just came to mind. I loved it. That, you know, that's a that's future sci fi. I I approve this message. Yeah. Getting back to Babylon Five, I remember there was a. I think it was might have been season one or season two. Jakar's meeting with another oh he was meeting with somebody it might have been another darn but they're eating basically he says that every culture in the galaxy has something what the swedish what the humans call swedish meatballs it's like every culture i've run into has some variation of this of the swedish meatball (laughs) well if you're a humanoid that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense right (laughs) <laughs> but it's like you know he's like he's like uh oh he's he's serving i think he's serving another narn this dish he's like oh this is the delicacy from home he's like no this is a human dish called swedish meatballs wow he's like, i've discovered like this one constant in the universe is that all cultures <laughs> have the swedish meatball it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous but it's funny so that is fun that's funny fine. And spoo and Swedish meatballs. 
you, you don't look upon Babylon 5 as, had, uh, as having particularly funny moments. It had funny moments. I wouldn't say it had, like, a really lighthearted episode too many times, like Star Trek would have at times. No. I just remember Babylon 5. And remember, I, I only started rewatching a, a few... Oh, shit. How long was it ago? Well, that was six years ago, so that was a long time ago. I restarted watching the first season and a half six years ago. And I don't remember a lot of lighthearted moments. I'll say this. Sheridan had a better sense of humor, in my opinion, than... Oh, yeah. He was a lot... He was a lot... I. That's why I enjoy... That's why... That's what got me into the show more. Garibaldi had a, had a, was a smartass. You know, I mean, really, there was... Uh, Londo was actually pretty funny, too. I found him so annoying. And then he got tragic. Well, at, at the beginning, he was like kind of like a buffoon sent out, you know, on this ass-end assignment. And... He, he reminded me of a lot of the... Um, oh, how do I put this? Salesmen that I would come across in L.A. Uh, but I wasn't in L.A. at the time. It was, this is my second rewatching, where he reminded me of a lot of the salesmen I came across in L.A. A hard sell, mm-hmm. relentless, and would eventually always get his way. And if he did it, you had to fight like the Dickens to not give it to him. I I love Wando. I mean, he <laughs> he really he was so tragic. That was one. He was things. a tragic character. I mean, and that's one of the things that made him so innately watchable. Yes. But him always like Veer, Veer, Veer. <laughs> That he invented that accent, which like other people decided, well, I'm gonna try try to do this. So, it was fun. And some just couldn't do it. Nope, I'm looking at you, uh, Danica McKellar, or whatever Winnie the Cooper. It wasn't Winnie Cooper, Cooper was. Yeah, she was in the show. Well, I don't think so. She was. I promise you. Google it right now. Okay. Uh, you know who else didn't try to pull it off? Major Barrett. Veer. <laughs> Veer didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. But they kind of explained like some of the older, more traditional families. Uh-huh. It was kind of like a highbrow accent. That's kind of like right. How, they did how, say that, didn't they? Kind of like a highbrow British accent versus, you know, kind of a Cockney accent, you know, or Yeah, like uh the Coruscant accent. Yes. <laughs> Well, well, who was it that? Oh, it was the Twi'lek in Bo- uh, Boba Fett that was like, you might not know it because I don't have the accent, but I spent a quite a long time on Coruscant. Well, yeah, they they kind of covered that. The Twi'leks have this kind of exotic accent. If you watch the Clone Wars or um, Rebels, they 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 kind of go over it there. That being said, getting back to food, Futurama. Uh-oh, I think I know where you're going. No, there's just so many. I mean, we've already talked about soil and cola, uh, slurm. Slurm. Thought about yeah. that. 
fry in the Great Slurm Factory. Which I didn't know if drinks would count, so I didn't oh, bring it up. Drinks definitely count. Drinks okay. definitely count. So, uh, Slurm, which is a, which it, it's like this highly addictive soda, which turns out it's like, like I don't know, royal jelly or something from like these wor- from these worms, like this uh, worm. Yeah. Oh, so gross. Oh, so gross. And the best is watching Fry like, oh, this is disgusting. Just popping another can. Yeah, just popping <laughs> another can. I mean, there so, was so much. Danica McKellar was in season one, episode seven, The War Prayer. Oh, okay. I never, I, I don't think I ever watched that episode. She had a bald cap on, so you wouldn't recognize her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With that ponytail coming out the back. You know, I'm, I'm sure I would have recognized her. So, yeah, all right. So, Futurama slurm. Oh, that was the worst oh, realization ever. That that put a bad taste in my mouth, man. Not fries. No, which just goes to show how addictive that crap is. <laughs> oh God. Fry with the uh, when they go back to Roswell and he's like cooking the. The the ready pop, uh, you know, the jiffy pop in the microwave, <laughs> and he's like, "What tastes like blue? What tastes like blue?" What was? Yeah, and then, uh, oh geez, oh, <laughs> all the things that Bender would cook up. Uh, oh, <laughs> all the things Elzar would would cook. Elzar the uh, Emerald Lagasse. Oh parody. my god. Yeah. Here's something though. Get a blast of spice from your spice weasel. Bam. Oh. <laughs> I, I tell you, my wife legitimate legitimately wants a spice weasel. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just because it's so random. At the this first time she saw it, she almost fell off the chair laughing. <laughs> Jesus. He cooked up. Uh, I mean, Futurama had a lot of ones, but Slurm was one of the big ones. I, I love the <laughs> fact that, you know, like, Nibbler would eat anything, particularly live animals. Right, right. And he, sh- and he shit dark matter. <laughs> yeah, you did. Which, that doesn't make any sense. Dark matter is really just a... Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down the road. Dark matter is just an excuse to 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 show the 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 variable that there should be more mass in this galaxy than we're calculating. It's neither dark nor necessarily matter. It's just it's dark on, gravity. Man. There's it's extra gravity funny. in this universe. But whatever. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm guilty of it too. I had a I I in my book the Star Child the Star Child book unpublished. My guy hid out in a nebula in the horse head nebula of dark matter, which makes me cringe. Let it go, man. I can't. Let it go. I can't. Stephen Hawking would roll around in his grave if he could. Dude, tacky. I know. <laughs> Timestamp. Forty-four minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Futurama just had a lot of fun ones, but Slurm was one of the big ones. Oh, that was um, the big one. I found. Oh, well, I have one. The, the fact that robots needed alcohol to to live. 
when they're always drinking alcohol. Don't don't humans do too? Wait, is that just yeah, me? But if he doesn't drink alcohol, <laughs> he gets like this rusty five o'clock. Yeah, that's guy. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, I got one. There's no anchovies in the 31st century because they died no. out. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. That was a good die out, by the way. That was appropriate. Except your your Caesar salad will never taste the same again. No. <laughs> or, or I think it was Bender's big score when the the time uh, when when the scammers send uh, Bender back in time. What's the colonel's uh, original recipe? Chicken grease salt. <laughs> the colonel's secret recipe. Yeah, they zinged quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Although, you should have seen me. I, I was stewy when I realized what Caesar dressing was made out of. What, the deuce? No. It was when he was, when he woke up to after trying to nurse on Peter. <laughs> just, <laughs> just what can i say man i bet you if i had watched so a, a couple of futurama episodes recently i would have had a whole lot more like you know how many times people tried to eat zoidberg <laughs> yeah that's true that's true didn't he actually get steamed at one point or boiled these i think that was in a couple of those um uh Whatever the what if through uh, Farnsworth what if machine, they were all like uh, <laughs> tales of interest. I would give my left leg for that kind of that kind of machine. So, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> what? Quiet, you. Oh my. Sticking with the uh, the Futurama theme, I've got a food for you. Hmm? Poplars. Poplars. I knew there was <laughs> yet another explain, instance. Explain to us what poplars are. You can do it better than I. Yet another instance of Futurama just playing around with eating sentient beings. Oh my god. <laughs> they huh. land on a planet, don't they? Yep. They're starving. <laughs> and they 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 find these uh this thing, this pile of things. Uh, looks like uh, it looks like, like chicken popcorn nuggets. shrimp or chicken nuggets or something yeah. like something easily like fried. Right. And it turns out they're highly delicious. Yeah. And, and addictive. Right. And uh, so they they decide they're going to sell them. Yeah, they bring them yep. back and they become super popular and they decide they're going to go into partner with Fishy Joe. <laughs> they're like. Sleazy, uh, like long, delightful title there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Long John Silver's or something like that. Yep. So they start selling them, and it turns out that they're the young of the Omicronians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, the Omicronians! <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I am lured from Omicron Percy I eight. <laughs> Omicron Percy I eight. <laughs> Wasn't there a joke about Omicron Percy I seven? Something like that. Yeah. Shoot. Well, it's not worth exploring now. I think it was so, the men are from Mars, women are from Venus. 
Oh, Joke something like, like that, yeah. How yeah. do you know one person was from Omicron Percy I-8 and the other from Omicron Percy I-7? Yeah, and it, or there was another one where Fry uh, is on a planet and he's, like, picking up what he thinks is, uh, like, colored jelly beans and it turns out it's Omicronian poop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's the movie Hop. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... it's <laughs> we could do a million and one things about gross, hilarious food from Futurama. <laughs> so, that's... Uh, actually, I think I'm all out of non-Star Trek Star Wars material here. Well, Do you have any more? Uh, let's see. In Firefly, they had that, like, reconstituted protein... Oh yeah, uh, that was right. it looked like oatmeal or something. Yeah, it and like th- it blue milk or greenish milk or something. Yeah, and that came up a lot in some of these. Um, that that that's something that's come up in some of these uh, more realistic science fiction shows. You know. Yes. Well, taking uh, the poo, taking the poo and reconstituting it as protein. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that that's come up on more than a few. Nope. No, thank you. No, thank you. Do you know that after that the came Black up, plague? That came oh, up. Oh shit. Okay, here we go. Discovery. Season three. Recently. Yeah. Oh, season in, three. Yep. Where? At Federation headquarters, back when it was still kind of isolated. Oh, they recycled their poo? Yeah. Oh. oh, here you go. The Martian. He grew potatoes in his own poop. That's natural, though. There's nothing still unnatural te- about that. Still technically science fiction. You use, the, you use the bacteria to fertilize the soil, man. He ate Martian potatoes. He did. Martian and poop he was potatoes. He space pirate. He was Iron Man. <laughs> he was also Iron Man. I've just watched that that movie recently. It was such a delight. It was a good movie. <laughs> so good. Fuck you, Mars. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna science the shit out of this thing. <laughs> Back when sciencing actually meant something. By the way, that was so. like that was like a, that. That movie was like NASA's wet dream. Really. It really was. It, was it like, really was. Like, oh my god, imagine if everybody still loved us. Yeah. <laughs> and they just gave us unlimited amounts of money. All the funds. So All we could fun. shoot a shitload of Marvel side characters into space to rescue right. Matt Damon. All of them. And, and and Matt Damon's a Marvel side character, too. Uh, <laughs> um, but people were enraptured with what was happening. Every step of the way. Well, they were basically trying to give it a little bit of that Apollo 13 love. Oh, but of course. But of course. So. Um, Mudder's milk. I was going to. I was going to. From Firefly. It was based basically a little bit out of some fermented mud. Oh, God. Oh, I got one then. If if drinks count. We said milk. yes. Spoil. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I came across it, but I didn't. I didn't write it down. Spoiled milk 
Alien Nation. Do you remember mm-hmm. that show? I remember it. Uh, why? Did the aliens like spoiled milk? They got drunk off spoiled milk. Oh. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think there's some like fermentation process going on, right? A little bit. I think the, the different kind of protein process, though. Well, um, what did... Uh, was there anything that came up interesting in Stargate? Uh, I know that Teal'c ate nothing but fruits and vegetables and a, a healthy protein supplement. Um, Very Vulcan of him. At, there was one episode when the team, not Teal'c, uh, but the team had uh, uh, ghoul devices planted on their arms that enhanced all their physical abilities and increased their metabolisms Ooh. to the point where they all left. They 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 broke out of the base real fast. They could run super fast, and they went to a steakhouse. And Jack O'Neill, uh, MacGyver himself, yeah, orders. He's the first ordering. Goes. We'll have three steaks, uh, three rounds of potatoes. Um, it was like Aaron two Sundays. Beaver. Yeah, two Sundays and a couple of cokes. And then he then he turns to Sam and the the waitress is about to like she smiles and she's about to turn away and he goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. she hasn't ordered yet. So <laughs> with the calorie burning that they're doing, it's very well done. Well, yeah, that's so. kind of like if you ever watch The Flash or they even hit, they even kind of talked about it in the movie. He he moves so fast, he burns up so many calories, he basically has to eat like all the time. Yeah. Like, super high calorie contents. Right. <laughs> so, they, they should be able to explain it away with an innate ability to be able to enter the the lightning realm, or whatever it's called. You know, what what is it called? Like, he gets force. into... Huh? The speed force. Yeah, the speed force. It, it, they could just write it off and say, he has an ability to get into the speed force. He doesn't... He doesn't use extra calories. I'm just assuming that's where he has to speed shit. Oh, destroy the toilet. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) He would blow it up. (laughs) I don't want to think about that, though. (laughs) One begets the other, though, my friend. One begets the other. Well... So, you got anything else? Outside of Star Trek and Star Wars, not really. Mm. Um, Let me see. Let me think. Now, mind you, we're almost a, we're almost an hour in, so... All right, I guess I've it's time. I've got a time. few Star Trek, Star Wars things to talk about. I well, guess actually, it's, it's all Star Trek. <laughs> well, all so. right. Then I guess I'll lead in with some Star Wars. Yes. In one of the earliest scenes of A New Hope, they had the blue milk. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Growing up, watching the VHS version, you really couldn't tell that it was blue milk. Yeah. You really couldn't, because that resolution and that color that color <laughs> scheme just didn't, didn't emphasize it at all. And even now, in 4K... You can see it's blue, but it's 
it's a thing where you you have to you have to actually know that it's blue. I think it's actually bantha milk, maybe. That makes sense. Well, banthas are probably what the most pro- pro- uh, prolific um, land mammal on Tatooine. I would guess so. It's a hell of a lot better than that weird green milk that Luke was drinking in the Last Jedi. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. where, where, where she was satisfied. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah, that, that, was, that literally happened. Yeah, and it got on his mustache, and it's just like he's like, mm. gross. Off to jump more cliffs, like yeah. it's just gross. It was bad. So, or, or like the the portions, little dehydrated portions that Ray would get from uh, Simon Pegg there. Did you know that was a practical effect? What, the costume? No, the the her rehydrating the portion. Yeah, I think I used to get those, buy those things for like 50 <laughs> cents and toss them in the sink and then become a dinosaur. Uh, it probably probably but uh, i mean that's a good practical effect it actually looked like look like food i mean not good food but food right it looks like something i probably ate well <laughs> in germany folks not in saudi arabia so <laughs> oh, the food in germany was good not in the hospital but out in germany was good uh, you know, I, I went through your, your Facebook timeline and I saw you sitting. I know I, that sounds creepy and stalkerish. I, I, I was literally thinking about your time in Germany. And I'm like, I wonder, wonder if he showed what food he was eating after he got out, you know, clean from COVID. And I, I couldn't see it. I forgot what it was. I had a lot of schnitzel. Was it schnitzel? Did you eat a lot of schnitzel? Oh, I love schnitzel, man. And yeah. you got to go straight to the source. Yeah. That is a delicious is food, folks. It does not technically count for this, but schnitzel, yay. <laughs> what is schnitzel? Well, there's a couple of different types. You have your Wiener schnitzel, your Jaeger schnitzel, but basically you can get chicken, pork, or like veal. Mmm. All of them sound delicious. Yes. Like my mouth is watering right now. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Star Wars has had a lot of great stuff. Um, you have another one? Well, Jabba the Hutt was eating those weird, like, eel creatures. Those, the, the womp rats or whatever. Well, things were eating the womp rats, but that's not what Jabba was eating. <laughs> what was he eating? I don't know. Some, like, little slug, which seems weird. Okay, now, of course, so... <laughs> the Rancor ate a lot of things, but now when you start getting to... Uh, Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, we saw, we saw, what was that thing that was laughing with Jabba the Hutt? That, oh, that uh, species being. Oh, right. Um, that, that the uh, the lizard a, monkey. The spigot. Yeah. yeah. In, in uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, in the Mandalorian, the first episode. He's like, the, the one in the cage is looking at the one clearly he's... dead being spun around going, oh. Oh, I hate those things. They're so obnoxious. <laughs> just, but how messed up is that? They did that. They're clearly sentient. They clearly have feelings. Sem- they're like semi-sentient. Yes. <laughs> Be like eating dolphin. <laughs> or in Futurama, 
But Dolphin's an incredible, is an intelligent creature. Not this one. He blew all his money on instant lotto tickets. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I can, I can, I can satis- be satisfied by that. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, the uh, uh, Kawaki monkey lizard. Uh, Might as well bring up the one-eyed porg. frog. Oh, <laughs> the porg kept trying to eat the porg. <laughs> that, <laughs> they look. Delicious. I gotta say, those look delicious. Like, yes, they do. And he should have eaten them. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> no, um, the uh, well, baby Yoda ate just about everything. <laughs> everything. He the ate one those eggs, the larval eggs. Yep. <laughs> I mean, everybody's making a big deal out of it, but I guess they were unfertilized, so it's like us eating a chicken egg. We don't know that. Everybody's doing that to make themselves feel better. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he eat one of the spider eggs too oh yeah but they're spiders those are those are beasts from hell so (laughs) they deserve to be annihilated and then the soup they order the chowder from the the, the soup that attacks him yeah (laughs) Mando just stabs it with his fork and says don't play with your food yeah don't play with your food yeah oh my god I I, you know I uh my daughter and I have called it either octo chowder or squid chowder, uh, which obviously disturbs my wife to no end. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um, oh well, he uh, the macaroons. We took the kids macaroons. Oh, the macaroons, the teal macaroons. Yeah, yeah. And then he barfed <laughs> all good. over himself. Oh, that was great. Yeah, he did barf on himself, didn't he? He's, he's uh, like a little kid. He, he he steals the cookies. He's eating them. He's, yay, we're on a roller coaster. <laughs> or how it's about true. The, the best part of watching that Boba, the book of Boba Fett scene on um, at Luke's Jedi Academy is when he's like trying to grab the frog and Luke tells him no, and then Luke just raises like a dozen frogs, and it's yeah. You see the puppet's eyes get like huge. He's like, uh-huh. oh, it's like trying to take a piece of pizza, and then somebody <laughs> walking in and handing you like five. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> or like when he was playing with the the spotchka. That was something. That was those little krill that the farm was fishing. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. They turned it to the 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 liquor. That was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite episodes of the Mandalorian. It was a a good episode. It really humanized (laughs) him. Well, and uh, it was kind of neat to see Baby Yoda play with kids. Yeah. Yes. That was definitely my daughter when when they're leaving, and the the little girl runs up and gives him a big hug and is crying. That's the way my daughter was every time he got kidnapped just water oh Oh, man yeah that's tough there's a lot of great food around baby yoda the the bone soup where he's like breaks up the fight by just (laughs) yeah 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 just standing there not to mention (laughs) the fact that for some reason everybody thinks he you know like the chicky nuggy memes with him yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh what else in star wars um i mean i mean well, I, I think every food in star wars is moving 
Well, yeah, I mean, the uh, the Wampa was eating the Tauntaun. Um, you like, know. Uh, Phantom Menace, there's always a bigger fish. Right. We saw three different things get eaten. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was two. I'm assuming they were attempting that, a third. I'm assuming that Nerf is something you eat because you, you're a Nerf herder. Nerf herder, you, yeah. You, you, uh... <laughs> Scruffy-looking Nerf herder. Yeah. Who's scruffy-looking. <laughs> that that's the takeaway from this. <clears throat> oh yeah, there was yeah, a lot of great uh, food references. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of critters eating each other in Star Wars. Or how about the Millennium Falcon almost becoming a meal for the space worm? <laughs> oh, that's true too. Ah. Yeah. A a long running, Melu run. This, the, the melons that you would see them pass around. They were in... Well, that's the thing that Boba Fett handed to Black uh, Chrysanthemum the end of the episode. It was it was a big running thing through Rebels and, uh, and uh, in the Clone Wars. They were just melons and fruit. Hmm. Well, what about that? What about that uh, that bulb thing that the the Boba Fett drank from with the the Tuscan Raiders? Oh yeah, the uh, I guess the was uh, it an egg? It wasn't it was an a egg. It was a melon. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. They go digging him up, and they, it was. Uh, I think he said it was some form of of melon or something. That was, was a unique thing. I liked it was, that. It was literally a watermelon. Yeah. Probably gave them their protein, too, right? Because we didn't ever see them eat. Yeah. Huh. No, that was definitely, uh, yeah. It's a, food is definitely, there was plenty of scenes of going to bars and restaurants. Um. The diner, the diner on Coruscant. Yeah. The, the, 50s <laughs> the 50s diner. Diners. Oh my god, I loved that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, oh, uh, the uh, the ration sticks that they would eat in. It's what Yoda didn't like when he was rooting through Luke's supply kit. Oh yeah, it's what, it's what Leia offered Wicket. Little, Wasn't there it, a hot dog or something? It looked uh, like the, one. It was like a ration stick. Yeah. It looked like a hot dog. That's right. Yoda Yoda cooks him up some some stew. Yep. Stew's <laughs> soup's a big thing in Star Wars. It is a thing, isn't it? All right. All right. We're eleven ten in. Or and you know what? I think we've hit Star Wars pretty good. We've had we a lot of good stuff. And everything. Um Let's move on to a couple things in Star Trek. I'm going to leave the obvious off the table for you. I'll leave that for you. Mm. I'm going to go with Romulan Ale. Mm. It looks like blue curacao. <laughs> but apparently packs the punch of fresh moonshine. It must. I mean, there is a YouTube channel... Of a guy that I follow, he's a professional. He's he's um, not a professional bartender. He's a mixologist, which 
that's like much more professional. Um, he, I can't find the video, but he he has instructions on how to make a good Romulan ale lookalike, and it's not putting blue dye or mixing vodka with blue Kool Aid. It's it's like a real thing. Um, well, Romulan ale, which is illegal in the Federation. Supposedly, but they're always the drinking it, <laughs> right? Like in the uh, like in the undiscovered country. Yep. Isn't Romulan ale illegal in the Federation? One of the benefits of being a hundred light years from Starfleet Command. Did they literally say a hundred light years? They said something like that. I don't know. Huh. And then you had uh, oh, at at uh, Troy's wedding, Troy and Riker's wedding. And they Worf, did have it at Troy and Riker's. Worf is hung over with his head on the table. He's like, Romulan ale should be illegal. And Shorty goes, but it is. It shouldn't have been, though. Not at that point. There should have been some kind of like re- new treaty after the Dominion War. I don't think it was because it was Romulan at some point. It's probably because of the high alcohol content. You know how, how windy <laughs> the Federation became about booze. That's true. They only wanted synthahol. Laddie, <laughs> I was drinking scotch a hundred years before you were born. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, this is not scotch. This is not scotch. <laughs> yes. Synthahol, that is a drink. It's Ferengi made. Which is it Ferengi they, made? Yeah. They said that. I actually think it doesn't make sense. Could you figure... They'd want their their customers as liquored up as possible. So they yeah, take absolutely. Of I don't know, but that was the original thing. It was invented. By I the thought Fringy. that was a Federation thing. That would make sense that the Federation would make it. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Weak sauce, man. Weak sauce is exactly yeah. what it was. You know. Absolutely. While we're on the subject of drinks, Canar, the Oh, syrup, the Cardassian drink. The syrupy liqueur that they drink? Yep. It seemed to change consistency. Canar. Sometimes it looked almost like syrup, and other times it looked kind of like a a liquidy shampoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and Quark loaded up on a bunch of it. <laughs> because he <laughs> right thought before. the Cardassians were going to take it back. Yeah. <laughs> that's the great scene with him and Garrick at the bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> And they're talking about, oh yeah, he gives he gives a free uh, a free canar to him, and then he's like, "I want you to try something." And that's when they have the root beer discussion. The root beer, just discussion. like the Federation. It's so light and bubbly and Glowing. happy, glowing, just it's like the Federation. <laughs> but if you drink if you drink enough of it, you begin to like it. It's insidious. insidious. Just, just like the like Federation. <laughs> Apparently that was like an extra scene because they, you know, that they thought was going to be cut. But they sounds like, oh, we're running a little short. And that made it, that was an extremely hilarious scene. That's and that's one... gone down in the annals of history as being one of the most important scenes ever. An analysis in the show of what the Federation is, you know? Quark actually has had some of the best lines about human Starfleet, the Federation. 
And we've covered them all. I mean, we have. So. <laughs> but now we're sticking with food-like substances, so. Okay. So this. He d- Ferengi and Cardassians don't like root beer. Got it. It's Klingons wild. do like prune juice. They love prune juice. At the Warriors drink. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he orders it at Quark's, Quark just goes, oh, prune juice! <laughs> oh, coming right up. <laughs> so, speaking of the Ferengi, they like things like tube grubs and gree worms and Yes. They also like very... to have their women chew it up for them. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's so gross. But, yeah, and, and also another a further humiliation towards their women. Oh, yeah. Which we never met another woman other than Moogie, did we? You met the female who is disguised as a male in Quark's bar. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Gosh. Do you know what season that was? I kind of want to watch that after two. we're done. Season two, huh? I'll have to look that up. Damn. But yes, we didn't really meet. I think those were the only two female Ferengi we met. Because okay. it was illegal for women to wear clothes. So obviously <laughs> you couldn't see them. On and they, they weren't TV. allowed to leave home. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Well, shoot. Okay. There's plenty of others. I mean, uh, Scotty got shit-faced on the Aldebaran whiskey. The it is, it is, it is green. It's, it's, it's green. Which is yes, exactly. This is the exact uh, from, same thing that happens to him with Data in right. Ten Forward. After it, that was the play <laughs> on the, the episode one of uh, with the uh, Kelvins from the Andromeda Galaxy and. Part of the way they take back the ship is because Scotty gets one of them drunk. <laughs> oh, I thought that was in Trials and Tribbles. I thought that was the trouble with Tribbles. No, but remember, uh, the in that really shitty short trick, the trouble with Edward. Oh, my God. That was the worst. It, it was, was the terrible. absolute worst. And she was a terrible captain. But that being the said, worst commander, like he, the the worst. He, he, he was inventing it as like a sustainable food source. Like you, you live in a world of plenty. You don't need a sustainable food source like this. I don't think replicators had been invented in the twenty second, twenty third century. Oh, I'm sorry, but they eliminated all war, food, and hunger. I'm sorry, they eliminated all war, homelessness, and hunger. But you know, one hundred and fifty years prior, better and crop. food was a problem. Steroids? Food was not a problem. Food was not a problem. A sustainable food source was not an issue. That's what he with said the Federation. He was doing. Yeah, yeah, and it was, was lazy terrible. writing. It was terrible. What was, was what terrible. was the name of the thing again? The, the trouble, trouble with Stanley? Edward. Edward. Yeah. God damn, I love H. John Benjamin, too. And he played it exactly the way he should have because it was shitty writing. So. Yeah. And you see... He did much better acting when he got the Arby's commercial. He did. He did. <laughs> God damn. Well, anyway. Anyway. Uh, what other great foods from Star Trek? Well, there I got was... one. I got one. I got one. I got one. Go ahead. Corned beef and eggs. 
Oh, come on now. Miles O'Brien and introducing his wife, his 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 newly newly wedded wife to the Irish breakfast. Yes. Still not really. Now now we got to start going back to oh, how about the um how about the dessert on Deep Space Nine? Was it the ginger stick? That like big sticky Oh, the like, ginger yeah. The, the lollipop what thing. What was that? It was. I think it was like some sort of like. Um, like, didn't didn't Nog try to steal one or something like that, and, and Jake probably. bailed him out, or probably. Uh, you know, then there was like the uh, Quark tried to bring. What was it? It was the Hesperat souffle that he was bringing to free Kira, right? <laughs> from from the from the from the Dominion. Yeah. During the sacrifice of angels. Yes, the the Cardassians poking the holes in it and <laughs> look, looking looking for the file like it's nineteen thirties. Yep, and wasn't wasn't uh, wait wasn't Zio Odo? Was... No, Odo... Odo was still banging the other the female changeling. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, so what a violation that was. I, uh, food adjacent when he was sitting with Garrick and he had the cup of coffee in his hand so he looked like he was drinking yeah yeah <laughs> that was smart it was smart uh, uh what else uh oh well in next gen the Cardassians had the uh, uh the bird egg like the uncooked bird egg that oh, they made yeah. the card eat that's right that was in the oh god during the the, the two-parter uh, yeah chain of command yeah, God, that that sh- that episode, those two episodes, messed me up, man. Yep. Well, Vulcans we learned are vegetarian. Yep, and they don't eat with their hands. Correct. They um, and they refuse to eat things that are more than bite size, as yes. we saw with with T'Pol trying to cut a breadstick. Yes, <laughs> but she figured out. She figured it out, but well, she's a smart girl. Let's be well, and smart. let's not forget that. I mean, and I can't remember anything he made, but Neelix was the chef on board uh, Voyager when he kind of introduced them to like different Delta Quadrant specialties. I was a bigger fan of Chef on Enterprise. I was too. Ne- the, the idea of Neelix making. Um, Food for the crew. I don't know what it was, but it just put a sour taste in my mouth. Well, they, the reason why is that they were trying to conserve power for the ship. So with the replicators, with the re- replicators. Limited, yeah, it was almost like rationed, which you can buy. They, you know, I'll buy it. That makes but, sense. But the fact that they decided to say that their power wasn't drawn from the recrystallized uh, dilithium crystals... It was from deuterium. I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So heavy water is what you use. Really? (laughs) Well, look, man, it it is what it is. Uh, Star Trek has had some some fascinating things. And, of course, some of the most legendary meals. Well, do you remember uh, what was that? Oh, when they had the... the, uh, was it where was it where no where no one has gone before? 
where they have like the the dueling ambassadors and one of them's the fish people and they're eating like the fucking squid in a barrel or whatever oh the in the god barrel. oh it was ziggy pop or whatever no no no, no that was no. mick fleetwood in, yeah. in the fish costume iggy pop yeah, was mick the fleetwood. Horda yeah in the in the mix he was a he was a he was a horda vorta vorta the horda was the, the horda are the silicon people yeah. yeah damn it jim i'm a doctor not a bricklayer <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then, and then Voyager reused that trope way too much. <laughs> well, they all did at one point. I, actually, I, I don't know if Crusher did. I know Bashir Crusher did. never did. Crusher uh, Bashir did it a couple of times, but uh, yeah, cr- no, Crusher had too much dignity. Well, Bashir mainly did it in the uh, in the trouble in the trials and tribulations. Well, so yeah, was, and that was, was the obvious reason why. So it was a hat, tip of the cap. Like that. that was a that was an anniversary episode, the thirtieth anniversary episode. You know, now we, well, we can't go without if if we got away with root beer and Irish breakfast, we gotta at least say tea, Earl Grey, hot. Mm, that's good. Have you ever had a Earl Grey? Well, if I ever. Meet this Earl Grey. I'll tell him a thing or two about <laughs> how to make tea. Don't be, God damn it! Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't. I don't know who this Earl Grey is. Something like that. Uh huh. I remember the Providence Journal had this whole. They dedicated a whole pay, a whole section to when TNG was ending. There was a whole section in their entertainment part dedicated to the end of TNG and what you need to do, how to have a viewing party, and you have to have Earl Grey as a drink available for the Gotta viewing party the for the finale. party drinks ever. I know, right? <laughs> I still have real. that. Oh, God, it's in my storage. It's in my storage bin. I'm sure it Damn is. Damn it. But we're missing the obvious. We, we, can't, we can't skip over. Gah. <laughs> or, or it's close relative Rax. Oh yeah. Uh, remember when Riker? What, what was uh, the episode um, where he's getting ready to go uh, be a Klingon, an exchange officer on the Klingon ship? Yes, and he was eating on ten forward all the the Klingon food, which Things was that, dead. It was like Gah and Heart of Targ and Pippi's yeah. claw. And all sorts of things, and he's done. It all looks like a... American Chinese food, by the way. Yeah, with just it, a... it did. It looked like yeah. American Chinese food, and I'm sitting there going, I can use some pork fried rice right about now. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime they would show, like you know, mm. or <laughs> Martok, this gawk is half dead. I want yes. this. I give my good eye for some fresh gawk. Yeah, and they eat it live, and you know, and yep. Riker, Riker, you know, like a, a a true soldier went ahead and just ate it live. Like, yeah, and you can ugh. tell what when they had it hanging out of his mouth. It was you can tell it's like what is it a gummy worm, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, but you can't you know, again with the Klingons. You can't forget their alcohol, blood wine, and Warnog. Warnog. Yeah, that was another one. It wasn't, it wasn't quite as popular as blood wine, but it came up a few times. But Klingon, you would think that they would have something more than wine. Klingon blood wine served warm. 
Ugh. Yeah. yeah. They serve it those big ass cups. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was made out of Klingon armor. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I have on good authority that all glassware during the TNG and DS9 era was taken from Crate and Barrel. Because <laughs> my wife worked at Crate and Barrel um, in 2002 to 2008. Mm. And she's been told stories about pr- producers coming in, grabbing a whole bunch, and then bringing them back. Like... <laughs> So, and she's recognized certain glassware on in episodes in Ten Forward, like the hexagonal glass. Where I'm like, how is that pleasurable at all to be able to use? Or the the octagonal glass or whatever it was. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, <laughs> so you know, it's it's funny. Um... Star Trek, you know, they built their cultures, right? And so a lot of these cultures, you could see a little bit, some of them, uh, like the Andorians had some sort of, like, vodka-like substance. You have... Which was uh, also blue, wasn't it? Yeah, probably, yeah, of course. The, tel- <laughs> the Tellarites ate small mammals that resembled dogs, which is why... Hoshi tells uh, Archer to hide Porthos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. I After mean, what, what episode was that? Was it in the fourth season? Yeah, it was. So bad. I gotta rewatch the fourth season of, uh, of Enterprise, man. Yeah, that was a good season. Uh, what else? You had. Um... I know they had hinted at, like, uh, oh, plomeek soup. That was a Vulcan dish. And uh, what was it? Uh, oh, it was, there was, they had some peas that, oh, um, sand peas and yamak sauce. But, uh, they would always order at Cork's Bar. Really? Yamak sauce? That's mm-hmm. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, God damn else? your memory! I gotta, I gotta give a chapeau if, to you, sir. If, if I could remember work-related things as easily as I remember <laughs> absolutely useless things, I'd be running my company. It feels like that, and uh, nowadays, doesn't it? It's like yeah. I remember so many useless things, and if I could only just know work-related duties a little bit more, right, right. <laughs> I'm not even asking for 50% of this precision. Just maybe 25, 30% of this precision, please. <laughs> uh, Bajoran Spring Wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is a deep pull. I think that was only pulled once. Oh, what? Else? I mean, they've had um, Targ, which is also pets, and you yep. hunt them. And you eat them, I mean... But you, you have them as a pet for a little while if you choose. Yeah. And then if you're hungry and you have a cookout coming up, then there you go. And there's a supply chain issue. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, you know, the Klingons were very carnivorous. I don't recall there being a salad, a salad bar on the Klingon ship. No, 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 there was no salad bar. 
So what do we think? Have we uh, have we hit the the sci-fi food pretty good? I think we hit it. I think we hit it more thoroughly than I honestly thought we could. Okay. To be honest with you. So before we end, what fictional sci-fi food and or drink would you want to have? Romulan ale. Well, yeah, Romulan ale. I would take Romulan ale in an instance. Me too. Like I would not. It. I mean, Star Star Wars, and, and most of sci-fi has shown that I I can barely eat most of delicacies as it is. But Star Wars has shown that I would starve. Star Trek, a little bit more flexibility. But if I were to be on a Klingon exchange ship, well, best day for me. <laughs> Heart of Targ? Why are you yeah. You're going to eat the guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll eat that, it. Cause I can't keep it, it down, like though. It comes back up. <laughs> yeah, it'll sound like that as it comes back uh-huh. up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the laughing stock of the entire ship. So, <laughs> as a weak human, as they like to call it, Huma. No, that's the that's the Ferengi. Yeah, human. human. <laughs> but, but they never said Terran outside of the dark universe, though. Yeah, which I feel that needs to be done more. Well, I, whatever. Yeah. That's a side note. I have an idea for our next episode. Do you want me to bring it up? Ooh, please do. Okay. I think we need to talk about instances in sci-fi where it predicted the future and it came true. Oh, good. Then we're leaving the Simpsons out because they predicted like the. Next we are. Last we are definitely leaving the Simpsons out. That's too easy. That is too easy. And by the way, the Simpsons didn't predict shit. They just were comedically writing. That's it. I I, I do not. I do not look upon the Simpsons as being prophetic. Prof, uh, pro, yeah, prophetic at all in the slightest. People do. I don't. So I, I don't think you're right. I don't think it was being prophetic. I think it was just being absurdist, snarky and absurdist. And it came back. It was like, oh, shit, this actually happened <laughs> again. <laughs> what shall I just say? President Trump <laughs> was predicted in the, in the Simpsons. I would never have predicted President Trump until President Trump was elected. So. <laughs> But that was an absurdist thing back in 1997. I think it was like I think he ran for like a like a minute in 1992 or something, which is why it was on the radar. And that was when you had to write episodes two years in advance and stuff. So, well, OK. Uh, instances in sci fi that predicted the future. Yeah. Uh, mind you, not a light topic. No, no, it's not. But but it could know. be light. You know, like not even instances, but devices. 
Well, and, and they could yeah. be inspired by sci-fi. We we could put that in the in the realm. Yeah, where it either uh, predicted, you know, some predicted imi- the future. Art imitating art, imitating life, imitating art, or life yes. imitating art, imitating life. Yeah. So things from the present day that 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 feels like they came right out of one of these sci-fi things from the past. Absolutely. I think that's a good that's a good idea. Uh, at least up till today. Mm-hmm. You I, know what I mean? I think that's a good one, my friend. I'm on board with that. All right. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy topic, but few of them are. <laughs> there are no easy there are no easy answers, my friend. <laughs> well on that now why don't you take us out man <laughs> there are no easy answers indeed take us out well <clears throat> you keep dreaming you keep working and salute best witches and victory to Ukraine We'll see you on the high ground. To Ukraine. Stay on the high ground. Down with pooping. <laughs> Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alphasite Productions, produced by DT Cavman and PS McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosesci-fi-guys.com for past episode information.